Good morning and welcome to Car Thoughts with David, episode number 78, and I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Um, For me, I am having a super fantastic day. Um, It's just been so great, um, everything that's going on in my life right now. I'm just having a lot of fun, and thank you guys for taking time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. I mean, it just means so much to me to, to have listeners and followers on this podcast journey that I'm on and I know I've had some kind of ups and downs and back and forths and you know but it's it's hard because sometimes you wonder you know as an entrepreneur sometimes you wonder if what you're doing is the correct thing you know you you don't have you know in my normal job it's like oh well David why did you do this well so and so told me to do it you know or this person asked me here's the email that's why I'm doing this you know so you know, I have somebody I can say, oh, you know, I mean, not necessarily to place the blame because, you know, there's some things where it's like troubleshooting steps where it's like, well, who made, who told you to try that? I've never heard of that before. Well, I asked this person if they knew anything about it and they said, do this and it worked, you know, so not necessarily like placing blame, but just, you know, somebody was directing me or helping me if I was unsure of something, you know, if I wasn't really sure what I should be doing. And, you know, so I had that that other person to fall back on. When you're running your own business, as I've come to discover, and I'm sure is quite obvious for many people, you know, when you're when you're the boss and the employee, <laughs> you know, so to speak, uh, when you're playing both sides of the coin, you know, sometimes that that is not clear because you're like, well, am I doing the right thing or am I not? Is this um, is this what I should be doing? Is this my goal does this line up with what I want to do is you know are people going to be responsive and so yeah you know it, it definitely um, you know it can be tough it can be tough and I know you guys have heard that because I'm a very I'm a very upfront person you know I, I don't really I'm terrible at hiding my emotions <laughs> which I don't see as a bad thing I think that's actually a good thing and I think anybody if you're unsure of whether you should just be honest and open about your life and what's going on I say yes um, I'm actually getting ready to write a short piece on um, one of my sayings or one of the things that I've said I don't know if it's original or not I haven't went and like googled it to see if someone else has already written this but one thing that I've always said is the truth hurts. Uh, honesty hurts. Because people have always told me that I'm just brutally honest, that I just tell people how it is and I don't really care. And it's not true. I do care. I care a lot. I care enough to tell the truth, to be honest. And that's always been seen as a flaw of mine. People have always um, has always attributed that as me being mean-hearted or being, you know, just hurtful, and that's never my intent to hurt anybody with the truth, and then they always say, you know, the truth hurts, and so my saying to that, my saying is, yes, the truth hurts, but it would hurt a lot less if people did it more often, if people told the truth more often and made honesty the forefront of their interactions with people and didn't try and hide behind this mask or this facade, then, you know, that, uh, 
you know, that would change because people would be like, oh, well, you know, thank you for telling me this about myself, this problem. You know, thank you for telling me there was a, uh, you know, a stain on my shirt from lunch or, or, you know, whatever, or I had a booger hanging out of my nose or, you know, whatever, you know, be honest in everything. You know, I'm just using those as silly examples, but, you know, I find that people grow more when they're honest about what they're doing, you know, and, uh, and, and when people are honest with them and tell them like, Hey, you know, everything was great, but you had this food particulate stuck in your teeth and, you know, uh, you know, just let's re-record that bit, but, you know, take care of that first, you know, instead of playing the video, go on and being polite, like, Oh, the video is great. But, you know, so yeah, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going with this or, <laughs> or anything, but you know, it, it's just, um, it's, I don't know. I just always felt compelled to say something, you know, uh, and I, it, it's hard because in the, my professional life, you know, being that person who says something is not always easy because it kind of gets you in trouble uh, and, and gets you put out of opportunities for advancement because they're like, well, you're a troublemaker. You know, you see a process and you tell us it's broken and you point out the flaws and how to fix it and, you know, we're not interested. We just want somebody who's going to do the job. We don't want somebody who's going to try and fix it. And I'm not talking about where I currently work. This has been every job I've ever had almost. You know, it's not, it's not specific to one company. Most corporate places I've worked, I've been an outcast because I shared, like, this is this we should change this this doesn't make sense and they're looking at me like who the heck do you think you are you're a nobody you're just a minimum wage employee who are you to tell me i've got a college degree and i designed this system and it is absolutely perfect and the problem that i find is most of these people don't actually they don't remember, you know, maybe they did start out at the bottom and work their way up to where they are. Um, so maybe they don't remember or they don't, haven't ever worked in that position to know how the flow of business goes at our level. So when they try and get us to implement something that doesn't make sense because they're not aware of how that process works, you know, and I'm not saying anything against them per se, but I'm just trying to help and educate and be like, okay, well, all of this is good, but we need to change this process a little bit right here because this will not work in a live environment. It just doesn't work. So that's got me into a lot of trouble at work, you know, and I try not to be that person. You know, I've tried to suppress that and just be like, oh yeah, it's great. Fantastic. Yes. This new system will work so well. Um, and, you know, and be that cheerleader, but I just, I can't. My mouth starts moving before my mind knows what happened, and the next thing you know, I'm sitting in, in my manager's office, like, David, you know, I'm not writing you up for this, but I just wanted to have a talk about this. You can't tell these people that. And, um, and yeah, so, I mean, and one story that I will share, uh, just as an example, uh, when Verizon went through their uh, remodel uh, about 10 years or so ago, the stores, 
they created the check-in process where you would check in. And, and if any of you have ever bought cell phones, uh, most cell phone stores, they have check-in processes now where you put in your name and then somebody comes and gets you. Um, instead of just staying there randomly waiting for the next available sales rep to notice you and he might miss you and go to a person that came in five minutes after you. You know, they came up with that system, right? So they had this system in place and they said the check-in process, they came up with everything, they figured it out and that no person, once this process was implemented, that no person would ever spend more than 15 minutes in a store because they had everything so streamlined that the person would have that time to walk around, figure out which phone they want, and then you would walk over to them, say, call their name. Hey, Bobby, uh, this is my name is David. I'm here to get you your cell phone. And from that point on, 15 minutes, you'd be out the door and you'd be on to your next customer. And if anyone has ever bought a cell phone, which I'm sure almost everyone who's listening to this has, you know that that process is impossible. When is the last time that you met with a sales rep at, for, at any cell phone store and the entire process to get your cell phone took only 15 minutes so um you know and i said you know that won't really work we need to make some adjustments here for the time because it's just the users don't know what they want they come to the sales reps to find out what they want and you know there are those people that are like hardcore iphone fans who will just buy an iPhone and they don't care about anything else, or they like Motorola Android phones. I don't think Motorola makes phones Android phones anymore. But anyway, you know they the people that were brand loyal, you know LG, Samsung, Apple, you know those people would come in and they're like, yes, I want the new Samsung Galaxy S nine and I want it now. Go and ring it up, and that was that, right? But the problem is, is the average person who come in to buy a cell phone didn't have that mindset. They didn't know what they wanted. They wanted to know, hey, what's good? What's reliable? What are you selling the most of? What's popular right now? Uh, what is the prettiest color? You know, I mean, I've literally had conversations with with uh, customers in a store, even though I was never in a sales role, where literally there was a purple phone and there was a pink phone, and the woman wanted to know which one I thought would look better uh, for her to own, like, I mean, literally like which color matched better with like the outfit she was wearing, you know, or, you know, or the purse that she had or which one kind of matched better with her complexion. I mean, I've seriously had these conversations with people. So having that on the ground knowledge, you know, when they presented this and said, you know, customers will be in and out in the door in 15 minutes or less. I was like, no, that's not, that's not how things work. We need to you know, maybe retool this. And of course, that was one of those times where I was pulled into my manager's office because this came down from, you know, the corporate, you know, hierarchy. And they had figured this out to a science. And you don't understand when you put people in the mix, you can't put a time on that. That's, you know, that's uh, not possible. You can't guarantee those kind of numbers. I mean, it's just like dominoes in the 80s. They used to guarantee that if you didn't get your pizza in 30 minutes or less, you didn't have to pay for it. And they had to stop that because you can't, because those delivery drivers under that level of stress, knowing that if they didn't get that pizza there, not only were they not going to get tipped, Domino's wasn't going to get paid. They were going to be at risk for losing their jobs. And, you know, so they did whatever they could 
to get that pizza there in 30 minutes or less because they knew they would get in trouble and risk their livelihood to, you know, to continue working as a delivery driver if they didn't meet that goal. And a lot of people got in really bad, horrific car accidents as a result. And Domino's had to rethink that and be like, okay, well, we just created an unrealistic goal and... You know, people are actually getting hurt as a result, like physically hurt. I mean, nobody got hurt by waiting too long for a cell phone. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, but that's the same principle is, is just, you know, you, you, those things just don't make sense. And, you know, I'm that type of person that raises my hand to be like, yeah, guys, this is not a good idea. That doesn't work. Um, not being delivery drivers, you You've got to factor in traffic. You know, traffic is a thing, you know. I leave for work generally around 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. My shift does not start until 8 o'clock. Why do I leave that early? Because I leave that early because traffic. If I leave any later than 6 o'clock, it could literally take me until 8.30 to get to work, depending on what's happening traffic-wise. So I have to bolt in extra time. So it's either potentially be late for work or be rushing and sitting in rush hour traffic and losing my mind sitting in traffic, or I can leave early, spend 20 to 30 minutes in my car, record my podcast in a nice relaxing environment where I'm not stop and go traffic and get to work early. And then I can sit down and decompress and you know, just listen to music or do something fun while I wait for my shift to start. So the entire day starts off on a better foot. I'm not rushing. I'm not behind. I'm not stressed out. I am relaxed. I am happy. I am, you know, full of energy. And yes, I have to sacrifice some of my time at home, but usually I would wake up, take a shower, and I'd sit around the house and do those same decompressing things and then jump into really, really terrible rush hour traffic. And and people tell me almost every day that I'm crazy for doing that. But it makes sense when you sit down and think about the benefits of it. You know, they have not tried it so or they don't understand it because they, you know, usually it's like, yeah, I get to work at like this time because I leave super early to avoid traffic and then I get, oh, you're crazy. I could never do I, that's stupid. Why would you do that? But if I feel I took if we took the time to sit down and ex, you know explain it and express the why I do it, I think they would probably join me, you know, in that because everyone gets to work and they're in a bad mood. Ah, traffic was terrible. Got stuck behind a school bus or got stuck behind a you know, there was a wreck on this freeway and I got stuck and I had to reroute around it and it took an extra hour and, you know, they, they stress out. And it's like, if you leave earlier, before the traffic, the rush hour traffic hits, then you don't have to worry about it. So you got a quick drive into work and, okay, well, you're sitting at work. Well, what would you be doing at home? Sitting at home. Okay, maybe you're going to watch the news. Okay, well, pull up your computer and read the news. Reading's a powerful tool, you know, it's it's a great thing, you know. Um, I actually prefer <laughs> to, when I, when I look at the news, I prefer to read it, um, you know, just because I like reading. 
but anyway, you know, so there are alternatives, plus you can, most of the news sites have videos or live feeds now, so you can watch the news on your computer, um, that's an option too, but yeah, so there are those things that are, you know, ways that you can power through and start your day off purposefully on the right foot, and that's what I do, I spend time, you know, doing those things that, uh, you know, make sense to help me avoid stress, you know, and, you know, my wife's asleep, the cats are there, I feed the cats, I pet the cats, and, you know, I go to work, you know, because it's not like I'm going to wake my wife up at the crack of dawn, you know, she, the last couple of days, she hasn't gotten home, well, I've went to bed before she got home, uh, there have been times where I've woke up and she's just getting into work, or getting in from work, sorry, she's just getting in from work at like 4.30 in the morning. You know, she's got a really crazy work schedule, so I'm not going to wake her up and, and interrupt her sleep just to say hi. You know, we'll talk and we'll have conversation throughout the day via chat or maybe a phone call, and then we'll see each other on the weekends, stuff like that. So, you know, there's always those things that are, um, you know, where we spend time together, you know. But, uh, but yeah, so that's one of the things and that's why I joined the 5 a.m. challenge even though I told the guy that you know that was hosting it Willie Morris I told him that you know I am already waking up this early but I believe in what it stands for and what you're trying to do and like I said as far as purposefully starting my day off on the right foot that's something I really want to start doing so I looked at the challenge as that like give me that time to decompress to give me that time to focus on my business and to do things like recording my podcast or doing videos or whatever it may be that I'm doing first thing in the morning to give me more time into my day to do those things and to focus on doing those things first thing in the morning. So, um, so yeah, and that's helped me a lot. I've found a lot of joy and pleasure in doing that. And it's not about the time you wake up. You know, his challenge never was about waking up at 5 a.m directly that was just the name that he gave it you know because he couldn't call it the five six seven eight nine whatever time works for you challenge that'd just be too long so what it was was just taking an hour to an hour and a half earlier than you normally wake up so if you wake up at noon you know because you work a really late shift wake up at 11 and just take time to meditate take time to write take time to you know, learn a foreign language, whatever it is, you know, take time to do that one thing that you just really don't take time to do because you're just so busy. And yeah, so that was the goal and that was the purpose and that's why I wanted to be a part of it. So I've kind of went all over the place with this, with this one, but thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you really enjoyed the show. And with that, I'm going to say car thoughts out. Hey everybody, David here from Car Thoughts with David, and I just wanted to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, 
I wrote a book. Because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them. And that's all well and good. But sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting. Lessons learned, lessons shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can, you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.